Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas, Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Joining me across the way here, Evan Grant, and on the phone with us, the one, the only, Tim Brando. Tim, how are you doing? Magnificent. Good to be with both of you. It wouldn't be right, would it, to start the college football season without uh, the Ballsy podcast reaching out to, to Brando? I, I don't think it would. I wouldn't feel right about my my first game in Lincoln, Nebraska, if I hadn't talked to you guys first. Oh, so. Tim, that is so sweet of you to say that, and I'm and that check is in the mail. So, uh, <laughs> yes, so you will be doing Nebraska. Did, did I hear you say that this is your first trip to Lincoln? Or no, 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 no. I, no, it'll be my first trip to uh, Kinnick Stadium next week when we get Iowa and Iowa State. Ah. I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. You may have confused you may have confused. Uh, Maybe that's what I was. Yeah, that's what it was. But I, but I, but I am excited about going to Lincoln with Scott Frost's debut. I think it's, um, you know, it. It may not be as big as as the Louisville Alabama game, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a better game than the Louisville Alabama game. I think uh, Akron is actually decent. They won their division in the MAC. They've got nine starters returning on defense, and you know, a lot of times, and you guys know this at Texas from last year. Um, there's always a lot of pressure when the new hot commodity comes into coach's first game at home. And I think that watch out. I, I'm going to, I'll make this prediction at halftime of the primetime games next week. Our game will be a hell of a lot more close than the, the Louisville Alabama game will be. So we'll be in primetime on Fox at seven o'clock and uh, Spencer's back with me again. Our 20th year in the last 21 seasons to be together. Uh, at two different networks, which is I, I think unprecedented, and uh, twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Holy. CBS. I was I was at CBS with Lou Holtz, Craig James, uh, in '97 when we started the College Football Today '97 '98 season. Then '98 '99, Spencer joined when uh, when the NFL came back to CBS. Um, that opened the door, obviously, for me to host the college show. And I did it with Lou and Craig the first year. And then Craig moved over to do NFL, and Lou took the South Carolina job. And we needed a we needed an analyst, and they hired Spencer, who at the time was working at WABC in New York, doing 6 and 10 on the weekends and flying to and from Houston all the time. And we've been together since then. And the only year we've been apart was the year I jumped over to Fox in 2014, he had one year left on his deal at CBS. He did that season. And then uh, when they moved Joel Clad up to work with Gus after the 2014 season, I needed a partner. And they asked, they actually did. And this is also unprecedented. They actually did ask, did I have anybody in mind? And I said, yeah, this guy up in New York. It's pretty good. We worked together quite a while. And they hired Spencer, and we've been together now. This is our my fifth year at Fox, his fourth. So you take the uh, 16 years we were together at CBS, couple that with four seasons now together at Fox. That's 20 of the last 21 years we've been together. Well, Tim, I'm afraid we're going to end up wrapping up this podcast pretty quickly here. Because 
because no, with I this next that, question, I think, uh, I think this I, next I, I question. Not a self promoter, uh, you know that. No, yeah, no, I think this next question will end up, I don't know, eating up about twenty minutes. But right. Urban Meyer, your thoughts? <laughs> sad, sad, and sadder. Not just Urban. Okay, sad, Urban, sadder, uh, the president, saddest, the athletic director. They all, they all looked really weak. They they proved yet again that college football needs a czar. Uh, with the help of uh, the Big Ten, who came out and said, of course, it's an institutional problem. Yeah. How many times have we heard that? Right. So, I, that, mean, that, I think that comes across as passing of the buck, yeah. correct? Yeah, I mean, and... and passing and of the buckeye. Yeah, and the, and the entire episode uh, that played out on national TV that night was, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, once, all right, and and once only. If you don't think after watching that that college football needs greater leadership and stability and one voice, then you're you're burying your head in the sand because everybody was covering their own butts because of what money, and no one was concerned about the real problem, which was the victim. All right, so let's. Out, Perfectly for everyone to see. All right, so let's let's let me go around the the, the horn here to speak. Um, I, I watched the statement and I watched some of the presser and then I read read the story. What was your biggest issue with uh, with how things were handled that first night? Well, I mean, it was clear that they had played a day long version of chicken between the president and the head coach. Yeah. Yeah, 12, 12 hours in there. Saying, I mean, the, can't, the, the coach was saying, I don't think I did anything wrong. I want to be reinstated. The president is like, well, you know, we really can't do that. We don't have any punitive damages beyond, you know, what, what's already happened here. We're going to get slayed uh, by the, you know, the PC police. Uh, and then you got an athletic director who had been completely silent. Okay. And by the way, Gene Smith is to administrations in college athletics what urban meyer is as a coach he's a celebrated leader he's been the chairman of the ncaa tournament selection committee he sat on the college football playoff committee where was he other than trying to cover urban's butt publicly when the cameras were rolling during that um, you know godforsaken press conference uh and, and at no point in time did any of them say you know i'm culpable here I'm accountable here. No, they were, I did know, I didn't know. And, you know, how can a committee, by the way, be an independent committee be made up of three board of trustees members? So they're corrupt, too. Okay, every every aspect of the investigation was corrupt. There, there was no independence whatsoever. And to suggest that after Urban had said all the things he had said, that their belief that that lady who was in charge of the committee would say, we believe he does want to do the best. <laughs> we we believe that he genuinely wants uh, to uh, to be uh, on top of these things, but he just wasn't in this case. Come on. Everyone was asleep at the switch. Now, Urban is a better guy now than he was in Florida. I, I believe that. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think Gene Smith's a bad person. But really intelligent, reasonably uh, intelligent, well-intentioned people can look really dumb when none of them want to take accountability. 
Yeah, and none of them did. I, I don't think there was anything that came out of that 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 statement, or really the events ever since that have suggested to me that Urban Meyer is a is a better guy than he was at Florida. Unless we're just saying that <laughs> yeah. the threshold is incredibly low. Ke- Kevin, well, the I, threshold is low. Yeah, the threshold is low. Yeah. Well, here, here, here's you're my, right on it there. Well, here here was my bigger issue. Uh, listen, Kevin, you, I mean, you, I just want to set this up for you. Okay. I mean, you as an analyst of optics. I mean, and that's that's really what we we do here to some extent is how do things look? How do they play out? What was the thing that stuck with you from from the presser, and what what left? What left the worst taste in your mouth? Because I don't think anybody here is going to sit here and say, "Oh, well, it wasn't a it wasn't a disaster." Well, let me just say, I want to make a comparison here. Uh, in the Baylor situation, when uh, Sam Wakachu was uh, convicted of rape, which was the second player on his team in two years to be convicted of rape, which is uh, an unbelievable rate. Uh, so, I, I when that happened, and he and and. Uh, um, Art Browse was asked about this situation. So now this has happened, and his response to those reporters was, "I think it's unfortunate. Right? It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Two rapes and two rape convictions in two years. That's unfortunate. Would you say yeah. if it had been your daughter this had happened to? Would you walk up there and say, honey, that's unfortunate? Right. So yeah. that yeah. was that was a, a terrible optic, and it, and that colored my perception of Art Briles' culpability from that point forward. Well, it should have, and, and, and it as it should have, and I and I think that's the same thing we got here in this. It was clear that that uh, that Urban was reading something. I'm going to get through this as fast as I can. Uh, Tim Kalashaw wrote about this as well, and and talked about how uh, you know I didn't believe any of this. And so so then he even had to come out afterwards and issue a, a statement right. saying, "Oh, well, actually, okay, I really am sorry. That didn't come off so well. Right. So I really am yeah. sorry." But then, then the, the I think the worst thing that's come out of all this, and it's not gotten as much attention because it was after that fiasco, was when they said that they, yeah, they were looking over his records and they and they see that he asked about having some of these text messages expunged from his phone, right. and they even commented yeah. in the investigation and said we didn't think that looked good. Well, I I, I do feel like <laughs> it, what we found out was that Ohio State had. All those meetings on whatever day that was, Wednesday of last yeah. week. They had all those meetings all day long. They had the presser. The state he, he reads the statement, which read as if he was, to Tim's point, trying to read it as fast as he possibly could and be reading it for the very first time. Yeah. And, and, and C, I don't think that the reporters got a copy no, of no. the report did until not. No, they after did not. the presser. They did not, no. So, yeah. All those questions that were then raised, they've not had a chance to actually ask Urban Meyer. No, no, they have and not. And that's why, and that's and that's why, fellas, that this story is not going to go away for Urban. Uh, Ohio State may get Urban back uh, on the sidelines week three, and they'll have him at practice after the first game before they play TCU. But the story is not going to go away because of the unanswered questions. And I guarantee you, he's not going to want to deal with that once the season gets underway. Now, whether the local media does anything, I don't know. You know how this works uh, for the most part, except maybe in the SMU case back in the day. Kevin, I'm sure you remember that uh, exceedingly well, Yeah. where the local media did, in fact, uh, break the story and did the kind of work and competitive work that that helped really make a difference, I think, uh, in in what happened at SMU. Now, what good that did, I'm, I'm really not sure. And the more these kinds of stories pop up, um, and it was a different kind of story, yes, but 
by and large, the local media is subservient to the big dog in, in town. Uh, there's no follow-up questions when they're difficult ones to Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. Same is true in Columbus. The fact that some of those questions that, that, that really should have been asked, even without a report, uh, fellas, uh, Evan, I mean, I, I couldn't believe some of those questions, and there should have been even greater follow-ups to it. So, you know, when, when you're a local reporter and they're holding your credentials and you're afraid you may not get to go to games, you know, that's an intimidating thing to come to deal with. And that's what happens in these college communities, whether they're the size of Columbus or the size of, of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They happen. And um, that's how much power the coach has. And this was a full-scale, all-out game of chicken between the president and the head coach. And they, were, they sat on this for more than the two-week limitation they put on themselves. And I don't think, because of the length of the meeting that day, they really dealt with any of it until that day. No, clearly not. They uh, they spent twelve hours in there. Twelve yeah, hours. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and certainly Urban Meyer was not. He was he was no more prepared for that press conference than he was for the one at Big Ten Media Day, no. which he subsequently had to write an apology about. So it's just one after the other after the other, and and I go back to this big picture snapshot. Um, uh, you know, and I and I hate to sound like uh, the media after a. a uh, a murder on the streets and, and go, you know, all gun control on you. But I, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I'm not trying to force my agenda down everybody's throat. But I've been calling for a czar for college football for a long time. Since the separation from the NCAA and the 84 Supreme Court uh, case between Georgia, Oklahoma, and the NCAA, which the Supreme Court voted in favor of the schools, college football has been without direction. Without, without leadership. So we hold the, the commissioners accountable, but they only care about their constituencies. And in this case, and every other case, the Maryland case, I mean, everyone is isolated, but there's no one overseeing this that's not seeing the, pic, you know, the big picture from the outside in. Everyone making a decision has myopic viewpoints based on the insular circumstances that they face and that their colleagues face. So it, it's never equitable. And it's, generally speaking, always self-serving, what transpires in all of these cases. And it's time that uh, someone like an Oliver Luck or a Jack Ford is brought in by these commissioners to make sure that something they may be missing, they, someone is seeing. Because there's too much money at stake now. There really is. Well, that, that's the whole issue, Tim, is the money. and Because uh, there is so much money. I, you know, I, Like you, I've covered college football for a long time, and uh, I can remember... I can remember walking on campuses, uh, like at the University of Texas, and when they used to, if they, you know, they practice on the field of Memorial Stadium, when they wanted to practice on real grass, they would go to a field across the street from the stadium, and and, and they had to shush off all the kids playing with frisbees over there, you know, and and that's and that was the environment it was like, and it was it was just very kind of a I don't want to call it a mom and pop kind of thing, but it but you know it was it was completely different, and now. There is so much money in college athletics, and you know, people making so much money. The individuals, the coaches, the athletic directors, the assistant coaches. Uh, you know, you got uh, you know uh, uh, when A uh, and M just got. Not only did they are they paying Jimbo Fisher seven and a half million dollars a year, they're paying his defensive coordinator one point eight. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's amazing what the money's going around. So I. My my feeling is Tim, I I'm I'm all for what you're talking about. I just feel like that someone's going to say, "Screw you, pal. We're making a lot of money here. We don't care what you say." Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, that, it's, that, yeah. 
It's a lot like when, uh, for lack of a better term, when Faye Vincent tried to be a true arbiter uh, in baseball and ownership decided, uh, no, the commissioner works for us. You, right. you, you don't work for the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good. That's a great analogy. So I, I mean, I think that's always going to be difficult. I, I'm just like I'm sickened over. What, what sickens me is it, I, the first tweet I saw on this, and there have been seven or eight since. You know, you go back, however many years, and here's Urban Meyer sitting out three games. Guys, so, players who needed money sold jerseys, you know, the, the tweet that I saw, the first one was an A.J. Green tweet about him selling a jersey, an autographed jersey for a 1000 bucks, and he got four games. Yeah. Four games, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and, and Urban... The inequities. And, and, and Urban, everything that you want in a coach that's supposedly leadership, accountability, culpability, role model, there was nothing on display. Even right. to the point where the apology about the apology was so out of a you know it's a twitter apology step up behind a microphone take some questions now answer them and say i'm going to set an example for my players about how to do things right but it is all about the money and it's all about positioning yourself and it's not there there's not anything that has to do with any of the spirit of the uh of the intent of what these these positions are supposed to be now I know you yeah. want to move I, on, Kevin. Well, I, no, I just want to say one last thing. You know, I don't have as much problem with the penalty, the three games, as I do just the optics. If, if you, no, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered, Kevin, if they'd given him a year with that press conference. It would. It really wouldn't have mattered. The bigger problem is all of these guys dressed up in their suits and sitting on their uh, high podiums, uh, telling us like the NTSA would tell it to tell us after a a plane crash, uh, who not to blame. Right. I mean, that, that's what we keep getting, you know. <laughs> well, it's just over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, again, until we get some leadership beyond those those regions and those constituencies, uh, that this is where we are. And I'm not saying a czar would come in and take the rights of negotiating television away from Bob Bowlesby or Jim right. Delaney or Greg Sankey. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... Be even-handed so that a uh, uh, whoever the next player is that falls into AJ Green's category gets uh, something that would be commensurate with what we saw with Urban Meyer. We don't see that. There's just no stability uh, in the way the, the the game is being policed. And uh, I've also heard some media types, and this is another thing that drives me nuts. You know, in, implying that where's the NCAA here? <laughs> My God, really? Yes, that question. They made fools of themselves by interceding on, on the Penn State scandal and right. had to quickly rescind much of what they did. This is not on the NCAA's jurisdiction list, and it hasn't been since 84. So we got a lot of uh, guys in the mainstream media that just don't get it either. They've got a platform. They yell and scream and shout, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, on to another scandal, uh, and, a, and a terrible scandal it was at Maryland when we had the death of a player uh, in June uh, over a uh, what was supposed to have been or what was called a voluntary workout, in, in which to me the worst part of all that was that you had a you had a head coach and you had a strength coach who had intimidated a an athletic trainer, a head football athletic trainer into thinking that he was going to have to be just like them. And is the, the terrible quote in all of that when this Jordan McNair, the player, 
collapsed at practice and had to be carried off the field. Uh, and then you had the head athletic trainer yelling out, drag his ass across the field. Uh, which, by all accounts, from what I've read and what I researched, you know, people said this guy was the most meek and mild-mannered person you could imagine, a, a true professional. But then after this coach and this strength coach came in, uh, he, he changed. Uh, he was 180 degrees different. And I've had a lot of discussions over the years with, with athletic trainers and about the intimidation of coaches and, and how uh, – and these, and these athletic trainers feel like coaches – should not be uh, under the direction of, of head coaches or even athletic directors, for that matter. They should report to uh, someone uh, on, in the administration side, uh, and that way they'd be truly independent and they could make the calls that they feel that need to be made. Uh, it was a terrible, terrible situation they're trying to rectify there at Maryland. So heading into that uh, game now, Maryland is playing uh, Texas uh, in, the, in their opener, and we don't know uh, what the, exactly the situation is going to be with the, the head coach there. Give me your thoughts about uh, Maryland at this point. D.J. Durkin, up until this particular incident, uh, in my view, had really done a nice job. I think I was on your show uh, at this time last year telling you Maryland was going to beat Texas. Yes, I think you did uh, say that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they had uh, Pegram uh, as, the, as the quarterback. He got hurt. Subsequently, the backup got hurt. They were down to a walk-on playing that, that got hurt. They went through four quarterbacks last year uh, and were competitive most of the way. Um, they've got playmakers. They, they had done, in my view at that time, even with a poor record because of all the injuries, they were competitive. I thought they had done a really good job. This, this does not look good. The optics here are incredibly bad, uh, even worse, you know, because say what you want about Urban, even with the situation, there was never a, an arrest with Zach Smith, not even an arrest. Here we have a death. Uh, and I think, it, I think it points up another thing, too, fellas, that these non-mandatory, quote-unquote, that really are mandatory summer workouts, they got to take a look at. College sports has got to take a long look at that because if players – were not to take part in these uh, non-mandatory off-season workouts, they would somehow lose their scholarships. And we don't have any way of knowing inside how all those uh, issues take place. But that's another factor, I think, that comes into play with this story. What If, if these stories about the weight room are true, about the candy bar eating and the comments, that if all of that is proven to be accurate, um, then 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 something really bad is going to be happening to that staff and, and, and to D.J. Durkin. Um, the silence here uh, is deafening uh, and, I would think, concerning, uh, maybe to the McNair family who has called for the firing of Durkin because I thought the president in this case, I thought the president of the institution uh, really handled himself beautifully in taking full responsibility and accountability for the death of the young man, which told me, I don't know about you guys, it told me that um, whatever uh, financial uh, situation that needs to take place to keep this from going to a court of law has probably already taken place, that the school knows that a wrongful death suit was coming at them and they needed to mitigate it as quickly as they could. Now, again, this is just my opinion based on what I witnessed the president say, and what hasn't happened since. So we, we shall see. Um, 
to even go where this affects the team and the matchup with Texas, gosh, I'm not sure that's even suitable conversation even at this stage. But I, I will tell you that until this moment, D.J. Durkin had a really solid career and looked like one of the really good, young, up-and-coming Division One head coaches. So uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it plays out because I think the theatrics from the president were actually on target. It struck the right tone. tells me that they are doing whatever they can to, to handle this from a legal point of view to the satisfaction of the family. But if the family wants Durkin gone... I think that we might see this continue, that this story may continue through the, the bulk of the season because I think there's a chance Durkin may survive. I do. Yeah, well, you know, we had a very unfortunate response in that story, too. We had Will Muschamp complaining about anonymous sources yeah. in that story. Right. You know? And it's like, yeah. you know, because I know DJ Durkin. Well, you know, that's the problem with coaches. They always say that. I know this guy. I know that guy. You know, I've been around coaches enough to know – that they can defend anything, and you know what they what they don't know is that yeah you know him when you're sitting around in a locker room uh, or in a coach's office yeah. you don't know what he's like outside that uh, environment right. or you do, or you don't or you don't have any issue with how he's or, yeah, conducting practice and, and, and behavior yeah because Will Muschamp is the guy that kind of he kind of lights it up uh, so. yeah Kevin let me ask you as this. it relates to anonymous sources as it relates to anonymous sources you know <laughs> Brett McMurphy. I think without his anonymous sources would not have, you know, we wouldn't see this situation at Ohio State where it is right now were it not for Brett's, you know, dogged uh, determination and his use, his proper use of anonymous sources. So I'll, I'll defend you guys when it comes to that end of the spectrum. Well, we wouldn't have Watergate without that either. So that, that's pretty yeah, much that's right. You know, that's that's how much how it goes. Kevin, I, I have a question for you. Go Just ahead. A, a, Non sequitur, and I, I, I think I've probably asked you this before, but as a whole, who are wor- who's a worse group, college football coaches or NFL head coaches? <laughs> I know, I know, I know more college football coaches than I know NFL head coaches. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's really, uh, and I know your distaste, Evan, because you're you're dealing in baseball with a lot of guys that batting practice, a lot of managers that. Uh, will give you a lot of information and a lot that don't. I, I, I will tell you, in college football, and listen, uh, in full disclosure, relationships for the broadcaster calling the games with the coaches has to be good. Right. Because to get the information, to go out there and produce the product, it has to be good. But I've also had my moments. I mean, I was, I've been very critical of Urban Meyer historically. I've been very critical of a lot of coaches that I've had to meet face-to-face with down the road. I was critical of Jim Harbaugh before I went in and did a Michigan game last year. But but I do think that, by and large, you cannot categorize all coaches as being like this or like that. You know, they're not all Belichick, Saban types or Meyer types. I think each one, uh, it, each, each place is in, you take what they'll give you, you do your best to be fair-minded and fair-handed with them, um, a lot of times, it, it's difficult even for us to get the information out of hell. You know, our companies are paying millions of dollars for the rights to broadcast their games. You know, you'd think that and they'd be really forthcoming. Some are smart. And you just can't let it affect you as the broadcaster of the game. But but I hear I hear where you're coming from. And I think the relationship with the, the news media, the press, the printed press, is from the moment the money got to where it was in college sports, 
you know, really the formation of a CFA and all that. Separation. Well, it really, it's, it's changed a lot over the years. There's no question about that, you know, from the access that we have and everything else. Uh, uh, and, I, and I don't, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it, it doesn't color my perception of, of these people, whether they, whether they talk to us or not. If you don't want to talk to us, then I'll, I'll write whatever I want then, you know. Uh, so it, it kind of, it, it, that's, that hurts them in the end, not, not me. Uh, I, I just, like, I'll give you, you know, the Tom Herman thing last year with not letting his quarterbacks talk and not letting parents talk and this year Kirby Smart has pretty much put the the clamps on on Jake Fromm and I just don't understand like what you other than exerting control what what are you what are you getting at? Oh, I I think they're all afraid of social media, but they're making they're attacking the wrong things. If you you know if you if you don't think if you think social media is bad, then tell your players you can't go on social media. Now that you're going to alienate them all by doing that, right. uh, and so you run that risk as well. But they're they're just stabbing at the wrong things. Tim, we're gonna we're heading into our our our, our stretch here. I wanted you to just give me a, an idea now. Who do you think? Uh, I'm uh, your your Big Twelve pick. Are you going with Oklahoma? Are you going with the chalk here? Is Tim still there? Did we lose Tim? We may have lost him. I think we may have lost him. Uh, you know, well, it's okay because actually we're gonna have to start wrapping this. Yeah, up. Yeah, we do. We are. I'm going with Oklahoma. I'm going to Oklahoma. And and who who's your dark horse in in the uh, in the Big 12. In the Big 12? Yeah. Um, West Virginia and TCU are considered the, the, the two. Maybe Kansas State. I'm going to – I'm gonna if, if uh, Will Greer's for real at West Virginia, I'm going with them. I'm going to go off the board here and go with the, the, the Longhorns. The Longhorns, are you? Yeah. Based on? Absolutely nothing other than this is year two of the Herman uh, administration and – they should show significant improvement, and I think the league is, I think the league is, a little bit, for lack of a better term, balanced. I mean, I don't think that that means it's down. It's not very good. It's it's not. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's it. You know, it it, it hasn't been great. Well, I, I think that Oklahoma has a chance to be really good. It depends. Everything depends on the quarterback. If Kyler Murray, if they can, if if Lincoln Riley can tweak his offense to fit what Kyler Murray does best. He's a completely different quarterback from Baker Mayfield. He has he can run uh, and he's really fast and that's really good. He's not he's not nearly the thrower Baker is and of course you can say that about anybody. Baker was the most accurate quarterback in college football last year and he was the Heisman Trophy winner. I don't expect anybody to to fill those kind of shoes. But if he is pretty good, if he's just reasonably good for them, I think that Oklahoma has an outside chance to make the CFP. And I think that one of the reasons they had that chance is because the rest of the Big 12 is not very good. Uh, and I think that they, the, the, their big game in uh, conference will be at Fort Worth uh, when they play TCU. I think if TCU can get things going, uh, if, they could, if they could beat Ohio State and kind of get themselves on the run, a kind of a roll there, I think that they may have something going. But they have to replace pretty much their entire offensive line and their starting quarterback. That's a, that's a lot to do uh and still be good and i you know we we just don't know west virginia their offense is going to be really good i just don't know about their defense they're a little bit like uh kind of a uh, texas tech to the 10th power uh so 
we'll, we'll see uh, what's going to happen there. Uh, and uh, in the covering the state here, A and M and the big in the SEC. I think what you're seeing is that most people are picking them fourth in the West. I think that sounds about right. They play a really tough schedule this year. Uh, I was reading. Uh, in uh, one uh, projection uh, yesterday that they, they expected AM to lose all of its road games in the SEC. Uh, I, I, and they had them going uh, a very Kevin Sumlin-like 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I think that uh, um, I, I think that would be – not 8-8, eight and eight, what am I saying? Uh, they, they would be 8-8. Eight, eight That's a very Jason Garrett-like 8-4, eight eight and four, excuse me. Um, that uh, I, I think that it's going to be uh, a little difficult. I was surprised that uh, that uh, Jimbo Fisher named Kellen Mond as his starting quarterback um, the other day. Uh, I really thought that uh, Nick Starkle was going to get the nod. He played really well in the bowl game, uh, threw for almost 500 yards. Uh, so you would think that that would be uh, something he would want to see since he kind of runs a pro-style offense. He may feel like that Kellen Mond is um, uh, he is the better athlete. He is a better runner. He may feel like, listen, uh, we, may have, we may struggle a little bit this first year, and this is a guy who can get out of trouble uh, with his feet. Uh, unlike Starkle, who cannot do that. All right, we got a rule here pretty quickly. You, no explanations. Just give me your final four. My final four already. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Georgia. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Georgia and Alabama. I'm gonna have two SEC teams in there. I'm gonna say uh, somebody from the Pac-12. Am I gonna Am I gonna say Washington? I'll say Washington, and then I will say uh, who's I gotta have somebody from the Big Ten. Give me Ohio State. I'm gonna go Alabama, Clemson, Wisconsin, Washington. I'm leaving Georgia out. You're leaving Georgia out. I can see Georgia not making it. And, it, and that, when I said no Clemson, I didn't cover Clemson. They, and they're really good. And I'm, I'm leaving Georgia out strictly on the fact that the non-conference schedule this year is really weak. Okay. All right, Doug is getting nervous. Yeah, he is. And uh, it's been a great uh, set of podcasts today. Uh, we had Tim Brando on colleges. We had David Moore on the Cowboys. And we had Evan, as always, on the Rangers. And it was all beautiful. And from everybody in here to everybody out there, thank you. Goodbye. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.